0: What I'm doing is I'm starting our new series, The Seven Miracles of John, and I'm looking at Jesus changing the water into wines in John uh, 2, uh, verse 1 to 12. Now, what is really clear in John twenty twenty one is that um, the intention of John in recording this seven miracles is that you may believe that jesus is the messiah the son of god and that by believing you may receive life in his name there's something particular about so my, there's something very particular uh, about those miracles that creates faith and life in god so in the next few weeks we want to dig in the word of god and be changed but God who will speak through his word, through the seventh, um, seventh miracle. Now, um, the first miracle of Jesus here, changing the water into wine, is really the intention of Jesus is to reveal his nature and his glory and to reveal to his disciples so they would believe in him and grow into their faith. You see here, uh, if we look at the context a little bit, it is the start of the journey for the disciples. And for for Jesus ministry. So this miracle signals that the Messiah has come, that it is a new hero, that the kingdom has come, that Jesus has come, and what best to use the circumstances of a waiting feast to signal the beginning of Jesus ministry. So it's quite funny because his ministry is starting with a wedding banquet, but we know as well that in heaven it will finish by a wedding banquet as well, with the groom and his bride, the church. So it's an interesting context here. Now, if you read as well in the in the in the text, the wedding takes place, the, the miracle takes place on the third day. And there is a bit of a significant, uh, significance would you say or signification? Significance. significance. There's a bit of a significance here of the third day to show the redemptive nature of God. Jesus, as you know, resurrected on the third day and Jonah, for example, was saved from the whale well on the third day. And the third day often signals that something new is happening all, and here we're going to see that all things new comes with the kingdom in this context we see as well that jesus is surrounded by family member and his disciple so um, it's another it's a very intimate context in that sense we know as well from the story that his mother already believes in him and already knows that he is the son of god And the community, of course, is going to be blessed by the miracle as guests going to benefit from more and better wine. But the guests are not the central focus of the story. It's even possible that the guests are not aware of what's going on, because think about it. Um, Jesus is trying as well to to protect the honor of the master, so it it might be that the guests don't even know that we we avoided this disaster of running out of wine. It is actually the disciples that are targeted in this story. They're the one um, for which the, the miracles are for. They're the one who are witnessing the miracle here. So let's read this miracle together. So, on the third day so unfortunately i can't even see the top of my slide (laughs) that's really interesting so on the third day there was a wedding at cana and jesus mother was here and jesus and this disciple were were invited and can you read it jamie that's impossible can you read it for me do whatever it tells you now there were six tons of water jars uh they were uh, for the jewish rites of purification each holding 20 or 30 gallons jesus said jesus said to the servants fill the jars with water and they filled them up to the brim and he said to them now draw some out and take it to the master of the feast so they took it and when the master of the feast tested the water, now become wine, it did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. The master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, everyone serves the good wine first. And when people have drunk freely, then the poor one, but you have get the good wine until now. This, the first of his sign Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory. And his disciple believed in him. Thanks, Jimmy. Okay. All right. So, when we come to a text like this, and when we actually, when you are going to read the seven miracles of Job, to get all the juice out of them, and as well in a very, very simple way. Uh, you could actually ask yourself this four-sample question to study the text. First, what does this story say about people? What does this story say about Jesus? Or what does this story say about you? Who needs to hear the story? So today, I'm really looking more specifically at question four and two, because we already know that this is the disciple who needed to hear in this story. So the question here is what did the disciples need to hear? What did they need to learn through this story and how Jesus revealed himself to them in this story? So first thing they've learned is actually Jesus is very approachable and compassionate. You you see in the story we don't fully know uh, why Jesus did the miracle. We don't know if Jesus was moved by his mother, maybe by his love for his mother. We don't know if he was moved by um, his mother's faith. We don't know if he wants to protect the honor of his mother. Uh, some people say, well, it's clear in the text that Mary was involved in some kind of organization in the wedding because she was suddenly aware that the wine was were running out. We don't even know if Jesus was moved by the need of wine uh, or if Jesus' intention was just to provide a good wedding for the guest or to protect the honor of the master. What is clear in this story and what we know in the story is it was not Mary's place to ask for the miracle and apparently it was not god's timing it was not god's timing for jesus to start to manifest his ministry that is really clear in the test and remember on other occasion occasion uh jesus told his parents you know I I, I I am about my father's business i i will do when my father's will say um and what he will say so here in the story jesus turned to mary and said woman what has it got to do with me it's not it's not for me to do anything now just a little word of of uh, warning about this you must not read the text through your own cultural lens you see in our core culture if a man says woman what has it got to do with me very often, this, this kind of approach is, is a tale of, of often husband to a wife to kind of put the woman in her place, right? But here, if we go to the original Greek, um, it shows that there's absolutely no rebuke from Jesus. It's not rude. It's not hostile, but more informal um, way. The word woman here is more, you could translate it better by madame, ma'am. You know and jesus said well, what does he have to do with me it's more like a matter of fact you know the wine has nothing to do with me so what we see here is not jesus telling his mom off but more he's questioning his mom request, especially because this is not his time this is not for her to to provoke the miracle so he's questioning his mom's request however The interesting thing in the text is Jesus is completely happy to oblige. So his mom carry on saying, do what he says, you know, what he will say to do. And Jesus then does the miracle. So Jesus is not offended by Mary's request. It doesn't go, Mary, who do you think you are? You see, something happens when we come to Jesus and ask His heart is moved. Think about the implication of that for our prayer life. Jesus is our advocate to God the Father. And here, Mary asked. It was not her place to ask, but Jesus is approachable and is compassionate. Now, the second point in the story, which is really exciting, Jesus is a God of abandoned life. It does not give just enough, but plenty. We're talking about six jars of 20 to 30 gallons each. I did the math. It's approximately between 500 to 700 liters of wine. So I I don't know if you know what that represents but again, it's representing around six to nine times your bathtub completely filled with wine. That must have been quite a waiting. and again, Jesus here did not—he did not go all judgmental uh, on the way to do this. He didn't go, "Oh, wait a minute! If I give these people seven hundred uh, liters of wine, some people are going to get drunk." He didn't even think about that. He just blessed abundantly, abundantly. Another really interesting thing in the context here is jesus gives the best what jesus gives is better and we can see the master's comments at the end what are you bringing the best one at the end where the guests can't even appreciate how great is this wine the new one is better than the old one, and it is really a, such a picture that what Jesus gives us when He gives us a new life, it's a much better life than the old one. It's brand new; it can't be compared. You see, in the miracle here, Jesus didn't take the little bit of old wine left and multiplied it, or He didn't decide to delete the old wine. He took water and did something brand new, brand new wine How amazing is that now Jesus is not about meeting just a practical need when he comes is it with his presence is with the salvation it's about redemption it's about abundance it's about the fullness the new uh, the new life that comes it's about his kingdom and his kingdom is about all of this together And symbolically here, we can see it because, you know, when it speaks about water in jars where used in Jewish ceremonials. Jesus doesn't stay to the water. It's not just about purification water. It's about exuberant, exuberant grace. It's about celebration. It's about the joy and the wine. It's a wonderful picture of how the Holy Spirit uh, is joyful and um, is more than just sanctification and purification. is about to be filled with Holy Spirit up to the brim and overflow the life of the kingdom. It's so, so important. Now, another lesson that the, the disciple learn here is, Uh, It was not, you know, this this was a miracle that was the consequence of simple obedience. All the servants had to do is whatever Jesus told them. So they just obey, the servant obey, and the miracle happened. Sure, there was a lot of work involved. I mean, imagine filling the, the jars of water. It would have taken some time. It would have taken an awful lot of carrying the water. The servant could have been very cynical. They could have mocked Jesus. They could have refused, but not. They, re- they basically did what Jesus asked them to do without questioning. That was their little bit of faith. That was their obedience. They just did and the miracle happened. Another amazing thing in the story is the disciple didn't need to understand how the miracle happened. Actually, Jesus never, Jesus never explained the process. By which the miracle happened he didn't say how it was going to happen he didn't say when it was going to happen is it when the the jars were filled is it when it was poured out we just simply didn't know but it happened the god of the impossible was manifested in the miracle you see um overall right through the beginning of jesus ministry before the disciples go out preaching and doing the kingdom with king jesus they saw that the kingdom is a kingdom of abundance and secondly they saw that jesus the king is a king of love is a king who loves people well and you can see he loved jesus loved his mom By honoring the request, he loved the community by providing abandoned wine and make the wedding a success and prevent embarrassment for the owner and the master of the wedding. He loved the disciple by showing them the essence of the kingdom, which is love. And he loved them by demonstrating his power so they would believe, they would have faith. He provoked that faith in them. So to finish... I just want you to take a little time, just reflect a couple of minutes and ask the Holy Spirit, how is this story relevant to me? How does it speak to me? Let's just take a few minutes.